0: God, thank you for this day. God, thank you for who you are, what you're doing. God, I pray that you would help us, that you would strengthen us. God, I just pray these next couple minutes that the the truth of who you are and the truth of your word would be real today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you a question. How are you at waiting? Like what kind of, how are you as a person at waiting for something? Maybe. Uh, you show up at the store, there's a big debate right now around our house and our staff uh, because of where we get things, Sam's or Costco. That's something we're debating right now. we are my Sam's people? Yeah, all right, yeah, you can cheer. Costco people? Okay, yep. Uh, you tend to go with the person that imitated the company that was already in existence. That's cool. And so, uh, so when I go to Costco, for me personally, like I find it a little more difficult. Less lines, uh, not self-checkout. Um, and that kind of thing. I find Sam's just a little easier uh, to navigate through, especially as a man. So, uh, but how are you at like waiting in line? How are you at like waiting in life? Because everything that we're going to talk about today, you're either in this waiting season, preparing yourself. You're either coming out of a waiting season. If you're a student in this room, you're, you're in the waiting for maybe college, maybe marriage one day. And what you do in the waiting matters who you're becoming, what decisions you're making, what you do during this waiting time period matters on what happens at that arrival moment. Meaning, if I'm preparing right now, 16, 17, 18, if you're my girl, 30, for marriage, right? What you're doing in this, you catch that? Anyway, so what you're doing in this process of preparing... During this waiting time, because you're not getting married tomorrow if you're 16, but what you do right now in preparing matters. What you do as you're studying in high school matters for that day when they go, hey, listen, you don't have the grades to get into so-and-so. What you did in that moment mattered. So what you do matters. How are you at waiting? How are you at, at the things that will happen in life, but they're not happening tomorrow? Tomorrow. So we pick up in Luke chapter 2, verse 25, it says, At that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon, and he was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day the Spirit led him to the temple, so when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus ...to the Lord as the law required. Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms... ...and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord... ...now let your servant die in peace... ...as you have promised. I have seen your salvation... ...which you have prepared for all people. He is light to reveal God to the nations. And he is the glory of, our, of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed... ...at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them... ...and he said to Mary, the baby's mother... This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. And as a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And a sword will peace, pierce your very soul. Here's the importance of Christmas season. What you do with Jesus matters. What you do with the story Matters. You making the story personal matters. There's a moment in my life as a teenager where I went to church when I did the things that I did out of guilt and shame, out of not the right reasons. And at some point I had to come to a place as a teenager, as a young man, and make a decision about Jesus for myself. There was no longer this responsibility of, well, I'm doing this because my parents said so, I'm doing this because my teacher said. At some point in my life, I had to make the decision with what I was gonna do with Jesus. Because what we do in the mean times of life matters. What we do in the, the moments before they come to fruition. God has a plan and God has timing. And what I've usually discovered in my impatience, in my wanting my way, is that a lot of times those don't line up. And here's why. I usually rush the process because of selfish ambition. And this is where Simeon was. Simeon was eagerly waiting. And no matter where you are today, no matter what's happening in your life today, we are all confronted with what will I do with this story? What will I do with Jesus? So here's five quick things. Somebody say amen to five quick things? Yeah, people didn't believe me in the first service. First thing is this, waiting reveals our real motives, who we really are. See, when we wait, we find out who we really are. And this is important. First Corinthians says this, So, don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time before the Lord returns, for He will bring our darkest secrets to light and will reveal our private motives. Then God will give to each one whatever praise is due. This is why what we do matters, because there's a revelation of who we are while we're waiting. We discover. Who we are, we discover our motives, we discover our intentions, and we become really good intentional people. We like good intentions. He then comes in and says, we can't just be good intentional people, we have to be intentional people that follow through in action. So in the waiting moments of life, you and I discover who we really are. I don't discover it when things are handed to me. I discover in the waiting who I'm becoming. Simeon found out who he was. It says he was righteous and he was devout and he was eagerly waiting. In that moment, who he was was being discovered that he was still known as righteous in the waiting. Because this is developing who we are, what really matters Ephesians says it this way. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead and Christ will give you lights. This is why, again, back in Luke two, it says this. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. This is what we have to see. See, who we are and the evil things that you and I do every single day. Jesus comes, that light is revealed. And when that light exposes that, we see who we really are. I think I'm really good at telling people who I hope to be. I'm really bad at judging people on how I think they are. What is that? That is you and I hoping we're a little better so that. We can do other things when what he's saying is waiting shows really what is going on. And this is this is the story of the gospel, you guys. The story of the gospel is us coming face to face with the fact that we are in need of a savior. This is us coming face to face going. I cannot do this on my own. I need somebody to help me in this process. And that need is in the form of a savior. And his name is Jesus. So waiting reveals that in our lives. Waiting also builds patience. Where's my impatient people? Let's be honest. Where are my patient people in here? Like, just, you, let's be honest. Like, you, yep, you are patient. God bless you guys. You make incredible spouses, mothers, fathers. It's the reason I married who I married. Yes, she was tall, and I was hoping my kids would get that. Yes, she is beautiful, but she is patient. With me, she's patient with our kids. She goes with the flow. And God knew what he was doing when he gave me my wife. Because Jamie is not patient. James says this. I'm getting better. But James said this. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for what? Great joy. Oh, troubles. Woo Joy's ahead. For you know that when your faith is... Come on, people who just came out of finals week. Come on, when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, "Listen, in the waiting, you are building patience." Here's what I hope. My hope is, God, I'm praying for patience. God, give me patience. God, just dump patience on me like he's some genie that just dumps out wishes. And it's not what he does. He says, God, give me patience. I'm praying that prayer. God then puts me in moments where I could be patient or impatient. And he says, in those moments when you're impatient, learn from it and grow. Develop character in this growing process because you just failed. And then he gives us people to give us patience. You're wondering why you work with so-and-so. It's because God is building patience in your life. God, why in the world do I have these kids? Patience. God, why do I have to drive? Patience. God, what do I have to do? A, B, and C to build patience. I come and say, God, I'm just praying for patience. Just give it to me. And he goes, no, I'm giving you opportunities to be patient. Don't fail. I was speaking at a church in Miami a couple years ago. And it was a packed house, and they had like five services, and and I'm in one of the services, packed house, and the guy looked at me, and the pastor friend of mine, he says, there's a lot of people here. Don't mess this up. (laughs) I was like, sounds good. It's almost what is happening when we go through life. It's like, listen, you have an opportunity right here to build patience, to become more patient. Maybe the opportunity isn't that someone's against you and someone doesn't like you. Maybe it's the opportunity that God is trying to build some character inside you and you're feeling tested and you're feeling the heat and you're feeling the fire. Maybe God is building in you. Let him build so that we can grow. I love the promise though. It's an opportunity for great joy. Have you ever, maybe this hasn't happened to anybody else. Have you ever judged someone wrong? Like they were just maybe... Maybe they gave you the wrong first impression and you're like, gosh, I don't really like that person. And then you got to know them or you talk to them or you realize like, wow, like to me, this is the picture that I have. Like I've judged falsely because I've had a bad day or I have a bad attitude and I saw someone wrong. But then when I saw them right now, all of a sudden there's great joy in my life. This is what God does. What is that? That is you and I having the wrong perspective on why I am where I am. I see it sometimes as God must not like me or God is not for me or so-and-so is against me. And because so-and-so is against me, then I'm just assuming the world's after me. Or there's been moments where I've come into church and I am guilty of something. I've, I need to forgive someone. I have a sin issue. And when I come into church, there's this assumption that everybody knows. Right. There's just this this thought process that like so and so must know. And so how they treat me, I'm going like so and so must know that I'm sinning right now because of how they're treating me. It has nothing to do with it. It's God wanting to reveal to me through what? Through Jesus. Not in this shameful way, not in this you're disgusting way, but in a way where we're welcomed, where we're sons and daughters. And this is what we have to see. God is not revealing the darkness to expose us. He's revealing the darkness to walk with us. There's a big difference. You have relationships where you know when they're not for you. Unfriend. Why am i am not seeing so-and-so's post anymore? Well, it's because they unfriended you two months ago. And you're like, what, what was that about? Well, they're just cutting people out of their life. And instead of walking together, we just disregard people. We don't have conversations. That is not how God works. God doesn't look at us and go, shame, guilt, I'm not for you. God says, here's how I'm for you. I will walk with you through this. You guys, why, why should we be any different? The Bible says in Luke chapter 6, the same compassion that God extends to us, we should extend to others. It's not that God extends compassion to us so that we can walk around going, look how compassionate God is. It's so that we can extend that same compassion to other people. How does God build patience in me? He gives me other people. And instead of going like, I need to get the heck out of their life, maybe God put them in your life for a reason. Maybe he's testing you. Maybe he's testing what you're saying about is really what you mean. Maybe He's testing you of saying your intentions are, are just intentions until you put it into action. Just, I'm just saying, just saying. Waiting also builds anticipation. Seven and a half years ago, we prayed in this building. It was First Baptist Church. It was not Life Community Church. We knew at some point First Baptist was going to build. And in First Baptist building... We knew that at some point they would put this house on the, uh, this church on the market. And so seven and a half years ago, we prayed in this building. And we felt like God said, this is the building for you guys to buy. 310 South Rap is where we're at. We're in three services, probably needed a fourth unless something happened. And so for two and a half years, we prayed, we saved, we put money aside, we prepared. And in two and a half years of the waiting, the anticipation, on December the 19th, 2014, we bought this building. Here's a picture of, of uh, well, yeah, that's a picture of the, our first service. This is the room you're currently in right now. Um, we started doing some work. Now, I would throw this out there. Because First Baptist, no, no disrespect to them, they didn't care about this building. Right? Why would they? They're moving, right? They're, they're going to something different. Their leaving caused us to have an opportunity to come in and to Chip and Joanne Gaines this building, right? <laughs> we had the opportunity to come in. Thank God, the timing of the Lord. HGTV. Suck. <laughs> like, oh, right? Because Waco isn't really that nice. Anyway, I'm just saying. I'm just just saying. Um, And and this is what God had to do. He had to build something in us in the waiting time. And so for two and a half years, we prepared. All in that two and a half years, they're rebuilding. They're building somewhere else, right? And this is the anticipation. So when we came in, in December the 19th, 2014, and we started renovating, and some of you are here, some of you, you're just benefiting from the anticipation, you're benefiting from the waiting, the, the, the preparation, the, the carpet being incredibly green, and the, the pews being incredibly pews. And, uh, and, and you're, you're seeing the end results of a building that has been what is that? This is waiting bills anticipation. And it's an anticipation that I can't explain to you that when we signed on that day, on December the 19th, there was an anticipation inside of us of the prayer two and a half years before. When we prayed and we knew this was the promise of God, listen, in the promises of God, there are still losses. You're still going to go through a loss. Two years ago, and I'll just share this because I have some soccer players here, but two years ago, I had a dream that the Columbia girls' soccer team won state. Now, you could say it was pizza, you could say it was wishful thinking, you could say all of those things, but I had a dream and I shared it with two people. I shared it with Faye Harrell and I shared it with Riley Iorio, and then... After that dream, we had the worst loss that I've personally ever experienced. Three seconds left, you lose. It, it was a horrible loss. But I still felt like the promise was we were going to win. Now, some of you, you may think that's kind of petty or kind of even selfish, but I think when to state championship for the first time ever, Columbia history for girls soccer was awesome. Yeah. Just me personally. You could say that the dream of it happening, but I can just tell you that in the waiting of those two years, that year and a half, there was an extreme loss. Listen, God never promises us something that we might not have to go through the fire. Just because he said, you're going to marry so-and-so, or you're going to get married one day, or you're going to get in this college, that doesn't mean that we stop doing whatever we need to do, and we don't need to prepare, and we don't need to train, and we don't need to do work, because God promised And so I'm just going to coast until that happens. No, what you do in the waiting and how it motivates you and how it gets you ready, all building into that anticipation and then that happening. Listen, there is a moment, especially on May 25th, 2019, when we won that state championship, there was this moment of, I knew this was going to happen. Right, That anticipation, that joy, it, it was a lot of enduring in that time. There was a lot of loss in that time. There was a lot of training and loss of hair and sleep in that time. Yet it happens. So do you think I appreciated it a little more than someone who didn't go through that? Absolutely. But that doesn't change the fact that God has a plan and his timing for you as well. What dreams are we not walking out Because we're not doing good in the waiting. Let me ask this. This It's hypothetical. But what if in the two and a half years. Of us going God I know that this is the plan for your building. We did nothing. There's no preparation. There's no prayer. There's no good stewardship of putting money to the side. There was no. None of that. Well I'm telling you at two and a half years. When they say are you ready to buy. What, What would I have to say. I have nothing to give. We have nothing to give you. We didn't prepare right. We're we're not ready. So why is it that there's things that we're missing out on, and it's not that God didn't promise them. It's not that God doesn't even want them. We're just not ready to receive them. It's not because God is not faithful. It's not because God is not good. It's because you're not ready. Simeon was ready. Why? Because he was righteous, he was devout, and he was eagerly waiting. Some of us, we stopped eagerly waiting. And we expected Jesus to be this genie that just showed up. And we blame him. And we say things like, God, where are you in the middle of this? He says, I'm still here, and there's still great joy ahead. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Because waiting ultimately builds character. Verse 36, there's another woman there, her name's Anna, and I don't know why the writer wants to tell us that she was very old. I don't appreciate that, do you? Anyway, she was old. Yeah, all, all my. Anyway, her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple. She stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking. Look at that timing. With Mary and Joseph. And she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone. Who had been waiting expectantly for God. To rescue Jerusalem. What happened? The confirmation that happens. When God's promise happens. The confirmation and the people that God speaks to. In the middle. Ultimately waiting builds character. It builds who you are. Because there's some rough edges. In yours and my life. That needs rubbed off. So in the waiting, you've been hurt. You've been messed up. You had a bad experience as a kid. You had somebody that spoke negative in your life. You have some generational curses that need broken off. What you do in the waiting and building the character matters. This is why it's very important that we just don't sweep things under the rug. This is why it's so important that we don't just unfriend without a conversation. Have conversations. Why? Because you're developing character in these moments. And your character matters. Before it says that Simeon was eagerly waiting, it said he was righteous. You know why? Because it matters. It matters that he's righteous. It matters that he's devout. If you want to be completely honest, I think we we don't think character is that important. Our culture... We have to be intentional to be righteous. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and be like, Today, I I hope I accidentally become righteous. Man, I hope there's some goodness. You know what I think we've uh, we've resolved to? I'm a good person. I mean, I'm good. I'm a good person. No, what you're really saying, like I said last week, what you're really saying is you are a good person compared to so-and-so. And And there's always a so-and-so that we can become good people to watch the news. You can all day long so-and-so somebody. Well, I'm definitely better than so-and-so. I'm definitely better than my so-and-so neighbor who never cuts his grass. I'm definitely... Mine do. I'm not talking about my neighbors at all. We're always super easy. You know what, though? He says, in this moment, character matters. But The Bible talks about a man by the name of Moses. And you know the story. But we don't talk about Moses and the 40 years in the wilderness. You know why we don't talk about that? Because you and I don't like waiting. Moses was raised in a royalty household. With the best education. And yet the Bible says in his anger he sinned. And he buried the guy. Like he sinned. He murdered someone and he buried the guy. And then he got found out. And what did he do in the finding out? He ran. He ran away. Running away will temporarily fix whatever it is that you're going through. But at some point, it will be brought to light. And the Bible says for 40 years. 40 years. I mean, everybody in this room that's under 40, raise your hand. 40 years. 40 years. He ran for his life. He ran away from the problem. What? Fingers crossed, hoping it went away. And then God showed up. This is the best part. God showed up after 40 years and said, Moses, I still have a plan. This is the best news, you guys, because you and I have messed up and we've ran away. Maybe not 40 years, but you've messed up and you've ran away, and yet God still shows up and says, Moses, I got a plan. And then Moses goes... But I got a stuttering problem. How will they even listen to me? What did Moses do? He made excuses. What do you and I do? We make excuses. I am the best justifier, excuse maker there is. I am so good. I'll justify. I will. I will totally like excuse that situation all to make me what look better. Was Moses, Moses doing? Whoa, 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 whoa! Pick somebody else. Hold on. He just said he had a stuttering problem. He had the best education that was afforded to anybody. He was the prince of Egypt. And in the desert, he lost who he was. Some of us in this room, it's not that God's call isn't still relevant. It's not that God doesn't still love you. You've lost your ability. You've lost the passion. You've lost the dream, the desire. You've Made excuses. You've justified why somebody else is better. You've done all of these things. And God still comes back and says, I am who I am. And I'm still calling you. I'm still calling you. God is still calling. Because God, in that waiting, in the 40 years he was building character. And then there's the best last thing. Waiting builds dependency. Matthew chapter 1. Quoting. Quoting. Isaiah chapter 7 says, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She'll give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The first name given to Jesus was God with us. Waiting builds dependency on the fact that you can't do this by yourself. Waiting builds dependency on the fact that you are not alone. So when Moses said, whoa, 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 I can't do this. I got this problem. I got this problem. Pick someone else. He says, I will go with you everywhere that you go. See, you're not promised wealth. You're not promised prosperity. You're not promised that everything's going to go smooth, but you are promised this. God will be with you. That is his promise. And guess what? You cannot outrun that promise when he had the opportunity to say, and I give you a son and you will call him, and he could have said anything in that moment. Forgiver, peace, comfort. He doesn't. He says Emmanuel, because he wants us to realize and to understand that you and I are going to go through some horrific things. There are going to be horrible things. And if you neglect the fact that God is with you, then you will lose your ways. You will abandon ship. When it gets hard, you'll say, I can't do this anymore. And you'll make up stupid stuff like God won't give you more than you can handle. When it's never about what you can handle anyway. It's about what he can handle. You were never intended to do life alone. And all of a sudden, we want to just try to do it on our own and make all these mistakes. And God goes, I'm still Emmanuel. I am still God with us and I am still with you wherever it is that you're going, even in your stupidity, God is with you. Find a friend like that. I do something stupid and it's like, oh gosh, I'm done with him. Right? Find it. That's the reason the Bible says in Proverbs, and there is one who will stick closer to you than a brother. You know why that's important to me? Because I never had a brother. So, Jesus comes and he says, Listen, no, 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 no. There will be one that no matter what you go through in life, he will be with you. He will walk with you. In the moments of confusion, in the moments of doubt, in the moments where you don't understand, in the moments where you you don't feel like you can do anymore, he's with you. He is Emmanuel, he is God with us, and you can depend on him. He can be trusted. He can be trusted. This is the waiting. That Simeon was talking about. This is the waiting. Has this woman Anna's, eighty-four years old, experienced loss? Seven years of marriage. Her husband dies, and now she's a widow. The rest of her life, she had experienced loss, but yet in the waiting, she devoted her life to the things of the Lord. What is in your way today? Galatians ask a question. In Galatians chapter four, it says, "You were running well." What stopped you from running? Like what hindered you from running effectively? See, sometimes it's what someone says and it hinders us and it takes us off course. Sometimes it's something stupid that we do and we feel so guilty and so shameful. Sometimes it's, it's just we get out of the habit of. And because we get out of the habit, we, we forge new habits. And in those new habits, we, we're doing, what has stopped you? From running the race, from doing what God has called you to do, see for Moses, it was the sin that he thought he could outrun, and God says no you're you're never too far you 're never too far out of my reach that i 'm done with you. Come on, you guys that is that is for us today, because some of you in this room, you feel too gone, you feel like you you are so inadequate you are you are God, there's no way God could use you. And I just want you to know that is, as Lila would say, false, false. God still can, God still will, and God still wants to use you. The plan is still there. The promise is still there. You and I sometimes just get in the way of that promise. But it's not because God changed. It's because you or I have changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Would you stand with me this morning? Now this afternoon? God, thank you that you are Emmanuel, God with us. And we have a Savior that loves us, that calls us despite us, despite what we've done, despite what we've thought, Despite where we've been, God, you still love us. You are still Emmanuel. God, I'm so grateful today. And God, I just pray for the person right now who just feels like giving up. In fact, if you're in this room and you just, life has hit you, there's a lot coming at you. Maybe sin has hit you. Maybe it just doesn't feel like you can get a break. And you would just acknowledge today, that's you. Could you just lift a hand real quick? It's just you acknowledging that, man, you can't do this on your own anymore. You need help. The beauty of that is that God is with you. That is his promise. God, I pray right now for every person in this room that feels alone or isolated, or feels overwhelmed by sin, God, I pray that the mercies that you give every morning will be real today. I pray that the love that you have for us will be revealed today. God, that they would know that you are with them today. God, I just pray for the person in this room that feels like they missed it. Maybe the plan or the dream, maybe they went a different direction. They just feel like, they missed it. God, I'm so grateful that you meet us where we are. That you met Moses where he was in the middle of the desert. And God, you could do that with us today. God, would you help us to see that you are the way, the truth, the life. Light of the world Reveal, Revealed today. In the name of Jesus. Can we sing this song together?